Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Taylor Powers. That's Ethan Millard. We're bringing you all things from the Wasatch Front. Yes, indeed. And today we're going to be talking about hiking and elevation because Utah is, most of Utah is high elevation, it's high desert. And the farther you get into the mountains for hiking or camping, the higher you get. So we're going to, we're going to talk about uh, actually a low elevation hike that you can do. But first, we're going to talk about kind of the dangers of high elevation and altitude sickness and what you may not know. You know, it, we saw just uh, in the last week a young man die up in Utah's mountains yeah. of altitude sickness. They believe it was altitude sickness. And that's the interesting thing. This young man was a football player, very fit. They'd hiked in, you know, with the scouts. But altitude sickness strikes anybody and could strike everybody. It's uh, They don't know what makes you more or less susceptible. Mm-hmm. You know, you could uh, send a marathon runner up there and they'd get... Uh, you know, they get altitude sickness while up behind them comes some guy who never exercises at all, won't get sick. Yeah. So it's it, it's tough to know exactly who will get the symptoms and how strong they'll be, how difficult they'll be. Mm-hmm. But uh, I did a little bit of research and I discovered a few things, though, that I think are easy for people to remember. All right. Now, first, how do you know whether or not you have altitude sickness? Because it can be deadly. It mm-hmm. can be deadly. And basically, they have a golden rule, and that is if you feel unwell at altitude, it is altitude sickness until you've proven it otherwise. That's how seriously climbers take it. Uh They just assume they have altitude sickness. Typically, the symptoms are these. They diagnose it by looking at your symptoms. If you have a headache plus one of these other symptoms, it's altitude sickness unless unless proven otherwise. If you have a headache or or a headache and Mm -hmm. loss of appetite, nausea, or vomiting, Fatigue or weakness, dizziness or lightheadedness, difficulty sleeping. Those things plus a headache, uh, any of those plus a headache, they say that's probably altitude sickness when you're up there. Mm-hmm. And and by it's altitude sickness until proven otherwise, that means get out of the altitude immediately? That's right. Find some kind of treatment. For most of us, that's going to be to descend. Mm-hmm. Uh, for mountaineers, climbers, they may have oxygen that they can use to treat. Yeah. There are also some medications as well. But basically what you need to do is you need to make sure that you're fully hydrated. Uh, if you've got Tylenol or ibuprofen, take it. That can help, you know, with some of the symptoms. Uh, but get fully hydrated and then descend. Uh, the golden rule, so the first golden rule is if you feel unwell, it's altitude illness unless you prove otherwise. The second golden rule is never ascend 
with symptoms of altitude sickness. Yeah, never continue on. And the golden rule number three is if you're getting worse, go down at once. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's, you know, obviously for, especially for mountaineers, if they're unable to control the symptoms, then descent is your only, mm-hmm. only option. And I'm sure that's disappointing, you know, for a lot of these climbers. But for those of us who are spending the day a day in the Uintas, just just get down. Yeah. Just if you're down. not feeling well, get out of there. Yeah, just get out of there. Don't don't try and kind of fight through it. Mm-hmm. If you get up there, you start having headaches and nausea, stuff like that. Just calm down because if you let the symptoms progress too far and if it gets worse and worse and worse, it really can be life-threatening. So are there any preventative things? Like is being dehydrated a factor in getting altitude sickness? Uh, yes, they think so. Uh-huh. Uh, really, they know what altitude sickness is, and that's being poorly adjusted to the amount of oxygen that you're breathing in. Right. Because higher up you go, the less oxygen, the oxygen there is, there, your body has to acclimatize to that. You reach a certain point where you're never going to acclimatize. Right. Right. That's why yeah. people spend so little time up on Mount Everest. Is yeah. They get up there. Well, if they get up there. You you can you can no one lives up there. That's right. You can you know you can train yourself well enough, and you can acclimatize yourself well enough right. to to get up there for a short period of time. Uh, but uh, the trick is stay hydrated. I think that's a big part of it. And then also uh, take it slow. Yeah. You know, if you are doing a weekend hike up in the Uintas, you know. Don't go all the way up in camp. Go part way in camp, mm-hmm. you know, and and, uh, and and let yourself kind of acclimatize. And uh, that's that's how you do it. That's how you get past it. Yeah. But if you start feeling those symptoms, just just bail because yeah. it killed that kid. Yeah. And he's 18. I he know. played football. I, uh, when or, I was he's almost 18. When I was younger, I had altitude sickness. Did you? I didn't know that it was that su- that serious. Yeah, it can be super serious. Because it- I lived at sea level, and we would go up to Tahoe. We started going up to Tahoe to go snowboarding when I was about nine years old, but we would only go about once a year, twice a year. Mm-hmm. And one year I went up there, and I had a headache. I had no appetite, and I was nauseous. Yep. Um, thankfully, I wasn't as stubborn as I am now, and I didn't go back snowboarding the second day. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah it was awful and then somehow somehow it just I stopped getting it I guess it was just a couple times and yeah. my body acclimated and you know I persisted through it and moved to the mountains and <laughs> continued to reach higher elevations Well and that's that's a real classic uh event too uh people go up they go up skiing it happens mm-hmm. here I mean yeah. you know it happens to tourists here in Utah they come up here, they come from Los Angeles or New York, and they get altitude sickness. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're probably going to be fine. Yeah, but I mean, Salt Lake City itself is, what's the elevation here, 40-something? Yeah, 4,000-something feet. And so. then you get up into the mountains even higher, like at any of the resorts, their parking lot is at five or like six, seven maybe. Yeah. the And the, then getting to the top is 10, 11. Yeah, so, uh, Hidden Peak at Snowbird, the top of the tram, is 11,000 feet. Yeah. And that's a, that's a dramatic dramatic uh, elevation yeah. change if you come from sea level. Uh-huh. And it's certainly in that range of, you know, potential danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's up over, I think, up over 3,000 meters is where you, you really can start to feel the effects of 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 that sickness. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, 11,000 feet, you're up there. Yeah. You're up there in that yeah. area where people can get really sick. Yeah, so. and if you're not acclimated to that, it can have serious effects. 
Yeah, it really can. So just, you know, take it easy. Obviously, if you're at a resort or something, check in with the, you know, with the nurse's office. Say, yeah. hey, man, I feel terrible. Yeah. Because they're going to at least, you know, be able to look at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because one of the other symptoms is, is altitude sickness. I keep trying to say motion sickness. As altitude <laughs> sickness advances, one of the... Uh, one of the symptoms is confusion. You don't know you're as sick as yeah, you are. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, communicate it to someone. Let people know that you're not feeling well. Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, they can be alerted to, to weird changes in your behavior. Be- yeah. Behavioral change is a big thing. When you, start, when you start seeing behavioral changes, changes in their ability to walk in a straight line if they're stumbling, meandering, that's advanced. Mm-hmm. And that's like legit medical emergency. Yeah, yeah. That's at the point where it's... You know, the time is crunching before yeah. you need to get medical help. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's scary to see, you know, that young kid uh, uh, have his life be taken like yeah, that. That's terrible. And, and they weren't – it's not like they were on Everest. They mm-hmm. were at a spot where a lot of people go on weekends. Yeah, just on a – yeah, scout camping trip in the Uintas. Yep, people do it all the time. And they just couldn't get the medical there quick enough. No, and and – you know, who'd have known it would have been the kid that played football and was really athletic. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't have guessed it. But that's the thing about altitude sickness. Yeah. And he was from Utah. So he's yeah. he's not like he was coming from sea level. So no. everyone needs to be aware of this and take the precautions and the warnings and be advised so that you know, you know what to do when you see it. Yep. Which is go back to the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and drive back down to the valley. Drive to the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, listen, let's grab a quick break here. When we come back, Taylor has prepared for us in honor of our new care over elevation and elevation altitude sickness. Taylor has prepared a hiking agenda, day hike agenda. It's going to keep you nice, safe elevations, (laughs) but still get you out of the house, get you out into some beautiful Utah scenery. We'll hit that when we come back. It's not like we're trying to scare people, right? No, there's not nothing at all. to be afraid of. There's just some things to be aware of. Yeah, like any any sort of activity, dangers come along with it, and we want you guys to be aware. That's right. All right. So, but let's say you don't want to deal with altitude sickness. You want to stay at nice, comfortable low levels <laughs> where we're sucking in plenty of oxygen, mm-hmm. no problem. Except for if it's a poor air quality day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> then stay inside. Then go to the Uintas. Yeah, go to the Uintas. To then roll the dice on altitude sickness yeah. in the inversion for sure. Um, so, yeah. So this is a hike that is very common in the Salt Lake area. But as I am not from here, I when I found out about it, I was astonished that it took me a year to find it. And that's Memory Grove. Yes, 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 yes. Memory um, Grove is a champion, a local champion yeah. of outdoor spaces. I mean, it is beautiful. Yeah. The whole entry of the park is you know, known for people doing photo shoots, getting wedding photos or or various, uh, you know, family portraits done in the park. So you'll probably see that if you go. And don't you love that little neighborhood that's right there? Yes. Yeah, I just... tried to live there. <laughs> you know, uh, it wasn't that long ago. Those houses were really cheap. Yeah, they're, they're still not bad, but, you know, it, it's, it goes up for sale or for rent and it's gone. Oh, they're, yeah, they're yeah. very in very high demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there, there are there is more than one realtor in this city who's been instructed to immediately buy any house that pops up on right, that street. Right. Um, 
Okay, so Memory Grove, you arrive, there's street parking, there's no parking lot. Yeah. So you you might get up close, you might get far away, but it's a beautiful neighborhood to stroll through. And there's even right as you exit the neighborhood, the path starts immediately. And you're walking along the creek with trees and grass, and then you go through the gates and the, the river opens up. And uh, there's monuments and old historic buildings uh, all along that front entry and a bridge. And then once you cross the bridge, the trail really begins. And that's when dogs are allowed off leash, which oh, was my cool. favorite part. Oh, nice. <laughs> so right as you ex- enter the the real trail, it says entering Memory Grove uh, Trail. It tells you how far it is, all that stuff. It says dogs allowed off leash at this point. You know, uh, Memory Grove a lot of people may remember Memory Grove, and, and maybe you haven't been up there since for the tornado. Oh. Are you familiar with this? No. Uh, Memory Grove used to be completely shaded. Wow. There were no sunny spots in Memory Grove. It was all large, large old trees. Mm-hmm. They just towered in the, 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 that entire little valley all the way in. And set throughout the trees were pieces of military equipment because it's a, it's a, it's a monument uh-huh. to – Soldiers, sailors, yeah. a bunch of monuments up there to various Utahns that were killed in faraway places. And you can view those and read about them. But they used to have several large pieces of military equipment up that were up in there and oh, on, wow. on display all around. And I think there might be something still up there. I mean, I think they might have something. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, I've definitely seen a lot of old structures that aren't. You know, you can't really tell what they were, but they all have plaques, and you can read about what they yeah. once were. Uh, so it's a pretty cool place. Mm-hmm. There was a tornado. That oh. ripped through downtown Salt Lake, and it tore down all those trees. Wow. It went up over Capitol Hill and then down through Memory Grove and then across the top of the avenues and just ripped out all those trees. Oh, my gosh. And now we have this you know, we have this park with all this beautiful grass, you mm-hmm. know, and, and yeah. that wasn't the case. That didn't used oh. to be that, that way. And uh, I think that helped make the park safer. Yeah, probably. <laughs> kind of a little more inviting because it, it was dark. It was yeah, kind of that, a spooky place. Yeah, like the, the hidden forest. <laughs> yeah, for for real. Yeah, for real. Um, well, I no, I love, love, love going there. And also, so the hike itself is about two miles, I think, and then out and back. Um, and then there is a drive that goes around the the uh, the west side of it. So you can drive up around it. And also along the east side, you'll see these all these other little trails and stairs. And those go straight up into the avenues. Yeah. So when I sometimes I'll run to Memory Grove and I'll go up in the avenues and down those stairs and then I'll do the hike and then head back up the avenues. Yeah. And it's really great. And if you even if you don't live in the avenues or don't want to go up there, I would recommend walking up those stairs just to get the view because memory grove is in a valley and the end point you don't it's it's not like the end view that you expect right um but if you hike up those stairs you get a view of memory grove the capital and all of the salt lake valley yeah, it's it's, it's really incredible yeah so i recommend doing that if you go up there and you're still down at a nice safe yeah yeah elevation 4500 feet no you might you <laughs> might be out of breath but you won't be and if you want to, if you want to go a little bit farther, maybe you know two miles isn't enough for you. Uh, head over to Ensign Peak; it's right around the corner. Yeah. And then you get to the top, and Ensign Peak is beautiful. Also has the whole um, you know monument of, of Salt Lake's history, and you can yeah. read about it. And so that's kind of cool too. Yeah, it really is. It's nice up there. Mm-hmm. Two very different, aren't they? Different places too, though. Up on top of Ensign Peak, that big kind of bald, mm-hmm. you know, hill. Versus down in Memory Grove or oh, yeah. down in the trees. Very different. Super different, mm-hmm. yeah. 
But uh, both of them, very, very great. Yeah. Well, good picks. I think good picks, Taylor. Thank you. And they're so easy to do right after a day of working on a weekday evening. So I recommend getting out there and doing those. They are highly trafficked, but you won't be alone. And it's totally free. (laughs) It's totally free. All right. Well, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Took a lot out of it about the dangers, warnings, uh, but still being able to get out there and enjoy our great state. Your Utah.